to God in Therapy with your favorite therapist, Tara Body, and my wonderful co-host, my husband, Jason. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about prioritizing your marriage, and that's a really wide, broad topic that we're talking about because prioritizing your marriage is over everything. Yep. Um, as Christians, <clears throat> the only thing that should be above our relationship with our spouse is our relationship with God. With God yeah. And a lot of people have a really hard time understanding that concept when it comes to all the other factors in their life and understanding why God would want them to prioritize their spouse. So before we go into that, let's prepare our hearts um, for our listeners also to receive what God is saying today through this. Yep. Go ahead. All right. Heavenly mm -hmm. Father, we just thank you for this moment, this opportunity, Lord, to speak to your people. Uh, we pray that hearts are able to receive it, minds are able to receive it, and apply it to their lives for successful marriages and families. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So one of the, the, the major things when we're counseling couples and when I'm speaking to uh, people, individuals as a therapist is they may have an issue with their spouse not prioritizing them. Um, they may not feel like they're the most important thing in their spouse's life. Not, they don't feel more important than the children sometimes. It's the husband's complaining that the wife is spending more time catering to the children than their needs. Sometimes it's the wife complaining about her husband is spending more time at with his work or the video games or the boys, <laughs> the dudes. Right. Or is the wife feeling like the mother-in-law is more important than her and all the things. And... I, I find that, I think that's the hardest thing in the beginning when you get married, is try, is understanding I got married. Right, right. <laughs> and the fact that I got married means there should be some significant changes in my life. And a lot of people are not re <clears throat> excuse me ready for significant changes. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things <laughs> where you have to look at the balance. Right. You know, um, when you're in the dating phase, it's, hey, you have all of my attention. And um, I want to put on my best self. Right. And it's like after you get married, it's like, okay, you have me. I'm here. I come home every night. Um, but now I, I also want to give some time to something, not so much something else, but give others my time where I may have neglected during that dating stage. Right. And a lot of people um, or a lot of couples have a hard time really figuring out what is that balance. Well, I think sometimes I'm also finding where when you're dating, I don't really have to ask you when I go over my mama's house. <laughs> yep. I don't I don't have to compromise mm. with you that I'm going to go spend time yeah. with my family for Christmas and you go spend time with yours. I don't have to get permission. I live still very singly before I'm married. So a person, I think sometimes there is more of an issue of saying, I have to now consider my spouse. Yeah. I have to now be accountable for my time where I could sit over my friend's house and talk three hours when I'm dating you. Yeah. And I want to kill something you just said too. Not so much permission, but agreement. Agreement. You know, because a lot of spouses that we talk to, you know, it, that whole permission thing is parental. Right, right. And it's like, you know, you're not my daddy, you're not my mama, you can't tell me, you know, I can go here. It's agreement. It's agreement. And so that's something we even had to learn right. um, going through the first stages of marriage was what does that agreement look like? Right. Um, I know for me it was, hey, Tar, when you go X, Y, and Z, you know, you don't have to have permission or ask me permission, mm -hmm. but we need to be in agreement because I may say, or I may have in my head, 
plans to do something else mm-hmm. um, or even do something for you. And you're saying, hey, well, I've already made plans to do X, Y, and Z. Right. Um, so we have to meet in the middle and have that agreement. And you never want to make your spouse feel like they have to come to you and ask for permission. Yeah, it's, it's definitely you know? not uh, permission. It's just having a consideration of now I can't move by myself. I don't move by myself. I am a spouse, so I, we move as a unit. And you always have to ha- yeah, you always have to be considerate of the other person. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I think a lot of people struggle in the beginning stages of their marriage with my family is now my spouse. Mm. My family. Mm. Yeah. We have now branched off. And this is how I explain it to my my clients is you and your birth family had a sitcom. (laughs) With multiple episodes every day. It was the four of y'all, the five of y'all, the three of y'all. Y'all had a sitcom. But when you got married, you became the spinoff. And you have to now spin off to your own sitcom. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. if you see in television, sometimes the spinoff now becomes the major show and the old show got canceled. Right. Because that's (laughs) not the main show anymore. Yeah. Yeah. The new kids and their family and now the kids... You are the sitcom. You are the main show. You're no longer going to be the spinoff. You're the one with all the ratings. Right. So now the your mom and dad now are grandparents. And so now they need to come over to your house because all the cast members live at your house. It's no longer we're traveling over their house for Christmas because you're still trying to create your childhood memories. And you're just trying to add your spouse in like an extra character on your family show. Mm-hmm. And there is where you have the conflict because your spouse is like, I'm not just an addition into your family's customs and traditions. You just added me in like a cast member. And I want us to have our own show with our own traditions and cultures. And a lot of people have a hard time with that. Yeah. And, you know, one thing is you're saying that I'm just kind of thinking through this. A lot of people have a problem with change. Yeah. Period. Yeah. You know, um, in, in in the corporate world, we call it change management. But a lot of people have a problem adjusting to that change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, Christmas has always been at, at, at Big Mama's house every year. And now that I'm married, I want to start my own tradition. And I want to have, you know, start having Christmases at my house, so forth and so on. And Big Mama's like, well, I got a problem with that change. Because right. it's always been in my house, you know. Um, and so that's where the communication comes in. And unfortunately... As, as the head of the household, whatever that looks like in your household, a lot of times you got to put your foot down or draw a line in the sand and say, for me and my house, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We can compromise. We'll, we, you know, we'll start at my house and we may come visit later on. Um, but in order to um, truly keep the peace mm-hmm. and, and to have that balance as we were talking about, you know, there are just some things that you have to just go out and do. And guess what? Big mama going to be okay. But, ooh, but big and, mama, but, but, but be big okay. mama, you know, they hold a lot of weight because, and, and here's the thing, this is when your loyalty is tested in that yeah. first year. Cause I tell a lot of couples, if you're going to break away from traditions, do it in the first year. Yeah. If you're going to break away, because if you keep up with these traditions and you've gotten married, they're thinking, oh, well, your marriage didn't change anything. Right. And then you try to do it three, four, five years later. And they're like, hold up, uh-uh, because y'all been married and you've been coming. Right. How come all of a sudden, of a sudden y'all don't want to come? So now they're thinking, yep. oh, you got offended, something's wrong. No, you have to make those changes just so people understand they're married now. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And I deal with this, I think, a lot with a lot of couples who get married later in life because the family is used to you being the single one that always came around, but now you're 30 (laughs) and you just got married. But they were used to you still coming and you said, well, I just got married. But you were the single uncle that always came over and always did this or the single auntie that was always available to watch other people's children. Right, right. And now your spouse is saying, uh, we don't watch people, kids every Saturday. What is this about? Yeah. And you're saying, well, I have to be there for my nieces and nephews. No, you don't. You just got married. Right. And so we have to understand marriage means something. You have to make the family respect it and families respect it when the people get married. You should go to them and say, hey, we know some things are going to change, but you know we love you. We hope to see you. But you should support them now becoming a family unit, them now becoming one and gelling. They are now extended family. Mm-hmm. The immediate mm-hmm. family is between the two people who just got married and then maybe possibly the kids they'll have. But you all are now the extended family. Like, we love our girls wholeheartedly. We got right. three children. But I already told my husband, <laughs> <laughs> there's going to come a time when they're going to branch out. And it's okay. I'm, I'm going to tell you all, it's okay to grieve it. Mm-hmm. I think some people don't understand it's okay to grieve that once I got married, my immediate family expanded, extended, and they are no longer my immediate. And now I have to now go over here and create something new with this other person. It's okay to grieve it. I think a lot of people, they don't know how to voice that out, that I have to make a change, but I miss my family's traditions. Right. I miss how we grew up, but I, I must dismiss it though, because there's something new I need to now build with my spouse. It's just like when children graduate from high school, you want them to graduate. Everybody's happy at the graduation, but then everybody's crying later when they realize, oh, my baby really got to move out the house and go to college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like these are celebratory moments, but when we get in our feelings because we're grieving a pattern and a relationship, it's okay to grieve it. Right. But grieve it and let the person now level up and move on to the new promotion that God is bringing in their life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, um, when I think about balance as well, you know, let's look at, let's, let's take a step back with the kids, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of times we hear couples um, where the mother or the father, either one, wants to prioritize the kids before their own spouse. Put that baby in their own <laughs> bed. I'm going to say it very plainly. Put that baby in their own bed. They don't need to be in the bed with you and your spouse. That big eight-year-old needs to be in another bed. We never let the kids. No, no, <laughs> we, no. We didn't do it. We had children in our in the cribs in our room until right. they reached one, one years old. Mm-hmm. At one years old, we moved them out to their own bedroom. Why? Because this relationship was important. Our mm-hmm. private time as a couple was important. We didn't want a baby in the bed because we were a happily married, healthy couple. Um, and you don't need a baby in the bed with you all the time. Right, right. And, you know, for whatever reason, people, you know, put the baby in the bed, start out, whether it's convenience, whether it's, you know, um, a security thing, whether right. it's, you know, I just want to have the child close to me. I get it. You know, mm-hmm. um, however, so does your spouse. They want to have you close yeah, to them, too. Exactly. That's, <laughs> hey, the baby was created some kind of way. Right. right. All right. So um, you, you really have to balance that thing out when it comes to infants and children. 
and you have to do it together as a couple. Right. So, you know, luckily, yeah, we never had that issue mm. um, of, of having the baby in the bed. However, we would talk and say, who's going to get up in the middle of the night? Who's right. going to feed the baby? Who's going to do X, Y, and Z? Um, and that just allowed us to really have that time whether you needed sleep. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those ones I sleep light. So once I'm up, I'm up. Um, and I could go to work early in the morning, things right. like that. So, and it didn't mean that the other person did not love the child equally. And we got to be very right. careful in trying to measure the other spouse's love for the child. They love them too, but they also love you. And they understand the happy child is going to come from two happy parents. Mm -hmm. And you want to, you want to be an example to your children of how to have a healthy marriage. Because if your children don't see a healthy marriage where you and your husband, you and your wife are getting along, they don't have anything to aspire to. And so your children need to see you prioritize your spouse because one day they're going to have a spouse and you want them to get along. You want that marriage to last. So don't teach them to prioritize children. Those children are going to be fine. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. So, you know, let's 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 um, want a fun, a fun topic I want to talk about. OK, friends. Mm, mm. What, <laughs> <laughs> what does that boundary look like? You know, well, you know, you have the besties. People have all the besties. I got my best friend. You know, that was a topic on one of the marriage groups. They were saying, is your spouse your best friend? Right. And so you had the people that says, no, my spouse is not my best friend. I have a best friend I've known since middle school and my spouse is my spouse. And it was a touchy topic yeah. <laughs> because yeah. in essence, your spouse should be in essence, they should be. But a lot of times, especially if our friends are still single, mm -hmm. we don't want to leave them out there. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially if me and my friend were both single till our 40s and now I got married, I feel bad leaving my friend out there. But now your husband is a third wheel or right. your wife is a third wheel. Right. And you got to leave and cleave even from these friendships. It doesn't mean that you and your friend don't have quality time and time that you still put on your calendar. But if you all were hanging out every day or talking on the phone three, four hours every day, now that you're married, no, that should change. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the whole title of best friend, in my opinion, is overused. Right. Um, right. Because I think you have different levels to it. Mm -hmm. You know, there are things you can have close friends that you, like you said, been with since third, fourth grade, and they know just about everything about you to a certain extent. Right. However, there are intimate details that your spouse knows about you. Right. And that your spouse should know about you. Um, but because my spouse is my best friend, what does that mean? You know? Yeah. And and my my very close friend who's been here since all my life is my quote unquote best friend. Right. What does that mean? So I think a lot of times there are different levels uh, to this whole best friendship thing. But your spouse should be the one that, like I said, knows you, knows everything about mm -hmm. you. Now, granted, my best friend and I'll take it from a guy's perspective. There are things that I can call one of my boys about um, that is very close before I want to call him my best friend. And I can say, hey, bro, this is going on right now in my marriage. I'm frustrated. Just listen right. to me vent. Right. You know, and, and I think everyone should have that outlet. Absolutely. You should have other friends. You should definitely mm -hmm. have, especially friends of the same sex. Yeah. Um, there are certain things as a woman that I can only speak to to other women other when women it comes about, yeah. to yeah. 
being a wife and being a mother, I go to them and say, hey, how are you feeling about this? You know, how are you feeling? And then the great thing about that is sometimes we'll we'll compare notes and say, you know what? All the husbands do that. Um, my <laughs> or all husband the, or does all that. the wives do that. Yours. Yeah. So yeah. it also affirms you to say, okay, no wrong with my husband. That's just a man <laughs> thing. Um, so I love the camaraderie of having friends. Mm-hmm. I, I and I and there were couples, you know, there are couples out there that say me and my husband don't need nobody but us. Good luck. Um yeah. because you don't have outlets. And I really pray that that relationship stays solid because in this life you do need counsel. You yes. do need other yes. people um to really keep you balanced. And even to, like I said, affirm you sometimes when you're looking kind of sideways at your spouse to say, is this just them or is this a normal thing? You need to be able to speak to other people, you know, and you don't want to wear your spouse out. Right. By consistently bringing every issue you have in your head to them. Don't wear them out. They are not your therapist. Okay. You might actually need one. (laughs) or you need some friends that you can talk to and say, Hey, I'm having a rough day, but I really don't want to bring that to my spouse because tonight I just want us to have fun. Right. You know, I'll call a friend and I'm a vent about the work stuff on the way from work because my work friend may know this. I have other therapist friends. So when I have a therapist frustration or issue I'm dealing with, I'm going to call her. We gonna get that out for 30 minutes. I'm not gonna come home and tell you, you know, this is what I'm dealing with in my profession sometimes. This is what we deal with out here in the community. I'm not doing that. I'm talking to somebody who can connect with me on that particular thing, help me to see it because they're involved in it. They're in there on the groundwork with me in mental health so they understand where I'm coming from. I'm not gonna come here, say, hey, do you know all the things in the nation surrounding mental health? And you're looking like, huh? And give me a blank (laughs) stare. And you can't really even connect with me on that. Right, right. But yeah. the issue is prioritizing your spouse over your friends. Mm-hmm. They have to be. Um, they should not have to fight for time with your girls or your guy friends because there is no competition. Yeah. I think one thing when, when um, a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about premarital and we really looked at, I remember in premarital counseling, one of the things we looked at was how do you spend time and still have that time for your friends, still have right. that time for your family? So I know one of the things we looked at was, hey, we take, you know, four Saturdays mm-hmm. out of the month. One Saturday you spend with your friends, I spend with the girls. Uh, then the next time I spend with my friends, you spend with the girls. Then you and I have our date night alone where the girls have a babysitter or what have you. And then that fourth Saturday is family. family. We all mm-hmm. all together. And that has worked well over the years. Yeah, it's balanced. Um, it's exactly, it's balanced. So you shouldn't have that time where three weekends I'm with my boys and oh, one weekend I'm either with you or I'm with the girls, you know, um, right. or same thing with you. You know, it shouldn't be three weekends that you're with your, you're with your girls and, and so forth. Or and three so weeks so. of abandoning your children to babysitters. Like, right, no, right, because exactly. they need mommy and daddy time. They need yes. mommy and daddy time together and mommy and daddy time alone. Right. They need to see how does it feel hanging with Jess' dad? How does it feel with hanging with Jess' mom? And then giving that spouse that time to say, hey, I got a day with the girls. I got a day with the kids. You go do your thing. I got this. And that incre- it creates balance for everyone. Mm-hmm. And you have so many teachable moments, um, whether it's either with the kids or just with either, you know, with each other. Mm-hmm. One thing that, that I love about our relationship we continue to date each other. Absolutely. 
out of 17 years that we've been married, we've continued to date each other right. for those 17 years. That's the fun stuff. Yeah. That, that's yeah. the that's the, the juicy stuff. That's the stuff that reminds you of the reason why we came together. Right. That's right. the stuff where there's nobody there but just you and I because all the other factors add in stressors. When you add in the kid stuff, you add in the job stuff, you add in the home maintenance stuff, you add in a... But when we're just on these dates, it's a reminder. Mm -hmm. It's, mm -hmm. I know why I chose you. Mm -hmm. I can figure out and remember why you chose me. That's yeah. what dating is to me when we take those moments in that, in that time alone. Yeah, and if you don't set those boundaries, when do you have time to date? When do you have time to, you know, and a lot of times, unfortunately, it's too late. Right. When you're getting to that point and you're just like, you know, I don't like my spouse anymore. Or, mm. or we're here, I don't even know who they are anymore. Right, right. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't recognize my spouse anymore. Well, why because not? Because you spent five years not dating them anymore right. and not talking to them, and you didn't go to counseling to really get to the core of who they are. Because everybody's changing. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that there's <laughs> there's some uh, science out there that says women change about every th every three years. Yeah, it and says for guys men, it's like every five in it or yeah, something it's like, like that. Like five to seven years. Yeah, yeah. But women, we change a lot, and you know, I'm gonna add to myself. You know, a super evolved person changes every year. Yeah. Every year I'm trying to evolve. Yeah. Every year I'm looking at myself, my life, and I'm saying, hey, what do you want to add to yourself? What do you want to to leave behind? Mm -hmm. um, I mm -hmm. do a self-evaluation at every birthday. So I got to reintroduce myself to you every year and say, sweetheart, this is what I need at, at this time in my life. And the fact that we've had those conversations, you've been able to meet me there for me to say, babe, you know, in the past, I didn't need that, and that wasn't important, but at this age and stage right now, that is important to me. I got right. time for romance. Right, right. <laughs> Those kids are big, big, and now I want romance. I know we both threw it to the side because we were just trying to change diapers and get it going, but that's I, I, I require different levels of care. Mm -hmm. uh, I want you to ask me about my emotions. I may not have cared if you asked me about my emotions um, in my 20s, right. but in my 40s, please ask me how I'm doing. My yeah. emotions are important to me. It's driving my day-to-day -day because as we get older sometimes, especially women, the emotions are serious. The thought processes are serious. There are a lot of deeper thoughts. We now start to settle back a little bit and we can think about things we start to think about life and the children in the future so we want to involve you in those conversations mm -hmm. and we want to see how you're doing are mm -hmm. you happy so for us the deeper conversations get a lot more of a priority and i think because you and i had that constant reintroducing ourselves we didn't ever just look up and say who is this right right and it also one thing i love about that too when you reintroduce yourself, it's like you set goals and you have somebody there to kind of hold you accountable. Right. And so it's saying, you know, hey, a year from now, this is where I want to be. Right. And so I want you to hold me accountable to get there. Um, as opposed to six months after your birthday, and I'm like, okay, what's going on with you? Why, why are you doing, you know, why are you acting this way? Or why are you changing jobs again, you know? And mm -hmm. it's it, the communication, if it's not there, it confuses and it causes conflict, you know, right. for, for both parties. So um, that is one of those things that I am a strong believer of when you're reintroducing yourself, when you're changing, when you notice yourself changing. Mm -hmm. And even with with um, as I reflect on my life five years you know, ago or 10 years ago, whatever, you're I'm not the same person. No. And no. it's like, OK, what do I want to do better going into the future? 
and you as my spouse, you as my friend, I want you to hold me accountable. Right. And that takes, that takes, we talked about maturity before, but that takes a, a whole nother level of right. maturity. And we have to, to allow our spouse to change. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, cause sometimes people are like, well, they married me like this and I ain't got nothing. That's, that's <laughs> immature. That was a, that was a saying. Yeah. I the, married you when you the, were 21. Right. And you had a 21 year old's mentality. Right. So right. if you were hanging out all night or sloppy or lazy or lack communication skills and I don't expect you to still be like that at 41. Right. So you can't get stubborn and say, well, this is how I am. Growth, people. Yeah. That growth should yeah. come from both parties. And you should not expect your spouse to still be dealing with 21-year-old you. Right. Right. And you're 40. And and, and 21-year-old actions. Yes. The behaviors. You know, the behavior, yeah. Yeah. It's, they're not supposed. They Yes, they are supposed to expect growth from you. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. about it's about growing. It's about saying I used to be that way, but I believe that I've changed. I've matured. I've found some wisdom along the way. Right. My experiences in life have given me um, some more direction, and I want to be better. To stand firm and stubborn on the way that you are, and you know it's immature and harming your relationship, is ignorant. Yep. Is very ignorant, and this is the demise of a lot of the marriages and relationships. Is you have people who refuse to change. change. Yep. yep. They just refuse. They say, well, this is how you married me. Great. Um, and I was a different person then when I married you. So that person that married you at the time didn't require all of that. <laughs> but as I have evolved, the new me mm-hmm. requires a new you. Right. And, and we have to want to change for the better for our spouse. If they're not asking for anything drastic, they're just asking to be honest. They're giving you the code for loving them currently. Back then, the code was one, two, three. Now the code is now one, three, four. If you want to always be able to unlock your spouse's heart and keep their heart, you have to consistently ask them, what is the code to loving you today? Because the old code apparently not working. Them old flowers and them busted 90s moves is not working anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what is working for you today? Yeah. And you have to give them the new code. Don't withhold the new code. Go ahead and tell them, let me be honest. I need this from you right mm-hmm. now. We got to be mm-hmm. vulnerable with our spouse to mm-hmm. even say that. Yeah. Look, I, I used to didn't like romance and flowers, but I need that type of care. Yeah. I want to know that you love me and that you're in love with me. I do want that right now. Yeah. It's okay to say that. Yep. And yeah, I think sometimes people are scared to tell their spouse that I'm scared to tell you that I emotionally need you now and I didn't need you before. Right, right. What I used to like, I, I don't like anymore. However, here's a new thing. Here's the you new know, thing. Here's a new thing. That's how you keep it fresh, man. Yep. All right. Absolutely. So um, I hope you all um, understood um, today that uh, just to summarize, this relationship with your spouse takes priority over everything but your mm-hmm. relationship with God. We have to learn to put the the jobs in balance you know some people work too much because they're chasing money chasing the bag and they're leaving the spouse and and their kids behind Mm -hmm. even that that's out of alignment with god's plan for us do not chase things that are not eternal your legacy is your spouse your legacy is your children so we have to make sure we're keeping even that the, the the attainment of wealth and and business and 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 jobs 
it balances well. In balance. Yep. But definitely with those other relationships, definitely with your children because you're teaching them healthy marital practices so that they will stay and remain married. Um, so we pray that you had something out of today. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, this has been Tara and Jason. Jason. <laughs> with God in Therapy. Till next time. Thank you.